Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty, and I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. This episode, you actually get a lot of me, a lot of me telling stories. I had some technical difficulties again. <laughs> My recorder broke. I'll tell you what. If it's not the microphone or the cord, it's the recorder. I'll get into that later. But you get a lot of good stories. You just got to have to listen to me telling them this episode. And uh, the music for this episode is from a commercial on YouTube. I'll put a link on my website. And uh, I, it's for another airline. But I liked it because when uh, I email people for the show or anything to do with Betty in the Sky with a suitcase, I always end it with happy flying. So it seemed appropriate. I probably sound like a broken record or a broken recorder or microphone, but you know, I had the broken microphone and I got a new microphone. It turned out to be the cord and now my recorder broke. <laughs> it's my second recorder that's been broken. What happens is all of a sudden it won't take the battery compartment. Something happens in there and it won't stay on, um, Somebody out there probably knows how to fix something like that, but I don't. So I ordered a new recorder, and uh, this one has too many. Do you ever notice with the new technology, sometimes they're just, they have too many features for their own good or for my own good because I can't figure it out. So I recorded like six stories on my trip to Japan, to Tokyo, and uh, they're not there. I They, they didn't record. Um, haven't figured out why because I've been recording here and it works, so I'm not sure. Uh, but it's very frustrating because I had some good stories and now I'll have to just tell you them myself and my voice. I prefer having the other voices, especially when you have different ethnicities and things. It really helps. But uh, I don't know when I'll ever fly with those people again. So I just got to tell you the stories myself. <laughs> you know, it's life. Um, the best one, my favorite one from the stories that didn't record is this uh, Asian girl and uh, we had a bunch of speakers, right, on the, the Tokyo flight. And, um, you know, the Asian girls, they're just so, um, they're, the service they provide is just phenomenal. They're so good at it. And I think sometimes people feel freer to ask them things than they do other people. And she said she was working a Cancun flight, so had nothing to do with her language. There was no, you know... <laughs> There was no language barrier, and the guy had his uh, customs forms that he's filling out to go into Mexico, and he stopped there and he said, uh, I have a question from this nice, cute Asian girl, and she's like, sure, and uh, he said, it says here, um, how many times I've had sex from Monday to Friday, and she's like, excuse me, what, what did you say? He said, what's well, asking, is it asking how many times I've had sex from Monday to Friday? And she's like, what, what are you talking about? And he says, it says right here, sex, M dash F. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the guy knew what he was doing because it really seems so stupid. I can't really possibly believe that he really thought the customs form was asking him how many times he had had sex between Monday and Friday, not male or female. <laughs> Crazy people. Everybody turn your digital device off. Keep your zip up until well after takeoff. 
Another good story that I didn't have a working microphone and recorder to record was this guy. He's a, um, it's the same guy that uh, in the last episode broke the um, <laughs> rest chair. He was a big guy. He was a good looking guy and uh, in really good shape. And uh, he's now married, but he was telling the story about his old girlfriend. He said he was... Um, he was going to the airport to drop his mother off. She was flying somewhere and being a good son. And since uh, he's a flight attendant, he can get through security without a ticket or whatever. So he, you know, took her all the way to the gate, uh, which you can't do these days what people used to do. And uh, there was uh, a really attractive girl that he kept um, eyeing. And he noticed that she would look at him and she was like basically at the next gate, which was going to San Jose, Costa Rica. And uh, he kept, you know, looking at her and uh, she, they started boarding and she kind of looked back at him and he went, she went and got on her flight and he, he wasn't going anywhere. He was just dropping off his mother. And he decides to get on that flight to Costa Rica just to talk to that girl. <laughs> You know, he hurried up and listed and, um, you know, standby, there were seats. So he gets on the flight and uh, he goes back to talk to her and they start talking. And, uh, you know, she had seen him in the gate area. So, you know, she has no idea that he's not going anywhere, that, he, you know, he just got on the flight because he wanted to talk to her. So they're talking and she's like, where are you staying uh, in Costa Rica? And he's like, oh, I'm uh, I'm not going to Costa Rica. And she's like. What are you talking about? I mean, they're in the air, in route, on the way to Costa Rica. And he says, no, I'm not going to Costa Rica. I got on the airplane just to talk to you. And uh, she was just dumbfounded. And, you know, women, I have to say, we love a grand gesture. <laughs> and that was a good grand gesture. gesture. He turned around and flew home that same day, took all day, just so he could talk to her. And he got her number. And I think she lived in Cincinnati. He lived in Atlanta. And uh, they dated for a while. So uh, I'll tell you, those grand gestures will get you places. So there's a listener named Steve who's turning out to be my little like podcast angel. Last month, he sent me that link to the Pan Am documentary, Come Fly With Me, The Story of Pan Am, which I thought was great. And this time he sent me another link. And this one I think you're going to like. It is Foster Brooks guest starring on the Dean Martin show um, about an interesting pilot. Check it out. Excuse me, are you, have you ever been in Schenectady? No, I never was in Schenectady. Neither have I. It must have been a couple other guys. But I still have a feeling I've seen your face. Please. Trump face out. No, it's always been right here. Right on top of my neck. Maybe you've seen me on television. Oh, oh, oh no, I've never been on television. <laughs> See, is it, is it all? Oh, all right. If I, if, if, if I join you, I, I just dropped in for a little drink to settle my nerves before I go to work. Really? <laughs> what, what, what sort of work do you do? I'm an airline pilot. to be an airline pilot. I used, I used to be a book. 
I used to be a bus driver. But I, I quit. Too, too many, too many drunks on the road. What do you fly? Of course, one of those big, big, gray, gray metal things with what you call it sticking out on the side. Wings? Oh, you an airline pilot? been pretty high in my time. Did you ever have any close calls as a pilot? Oh, yes, sir, especially since they moved the men's room to the back of the plane. I was on a, a flight from New York to L.A. a couple weeks ago, and the plane lost an engine. Oh, don't worry, it'll turn up. You know, there's a lot, lot of pre pressure being a pilot. Flying way out there and high in the air and off above all those white fluffy things. Clouds? You sure you're not a pilot? Maybe <laughs> not at the same time. time. It, it's, a, it's quite a sobering thought and a very inspiring fe feeling to realize that there are hundreds, hundreds of people on my plane all depending on me. <laughs> and to that, I, I happen to hold, hold their lives right in the palm of my hand. Precisely one hour and forty-three minutes ago. So now I fly international most of the time, and you know it's a lot of service, especially in business class. You know, it's a uh, we really go all out, as we should. They pay a lot of money, and. Uh, they get a lot of service, a lot of good food and wine. And uh, we each have positions on different planes. It's always different. And um, I asked this other girl, I said, uh, what position are you working today? And she said, I'm, I'm uh, working communion. And I said, excuse me? You know, we have our positions are called like B4, B3, Y4. Um, nothing's called communion. <laughs> she says, I said, what? What are you working? She goes, you know, communion, bread and wine. <laughs> we do have a physician. Sometimes there's a fifth person and their job is just to go around <laughs> and refill wine and do the bread, sometimes water. So she's like, yeah, you know, communion, 
bread and wine. So when I first realized my old recorder was not working, I was so frustrated. I couldn't get the power to stay on because the battery department compartment wasn't working. So I was trying to like hold the power on with my finger to get get it to record it wouldn't work so frustrating because this pilot had a whole bunch of good stories and the one he was telling me was that um on uh, some of our airplanes the pilots have a crew rest seat right next to a passenger seat and then they have a little curtain they can put around uh if they're gonna sleep and uh, i have had some passengers say some weird things about like um before the pilots get there, they're like, why does that seat get a curtain? You know, they want a curtain too. And like, no, that's just for the pilots. And, uh, you know, so the pilots take turns coming out using that seat. And sometimes they don't sleep, so they don't use the curtain. They just watch a movie or whatever. And um, he said he went to sit down in his crew rest seat. And there was a very attractive, really pretty woman sitting next to the crew rest seat. And he sits down and uh, she was friendly. And uh, he started talking to her a little bit. And he's like, you know you really look a lot like Jennifer Aniston. And she said, uh, I am Jennifer Aniston. And he started laughing. He goes, no, you know, you really do look like her. And she's like, no, I, I, I am Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> and he, he didn't believe her. And they kept talking about other things. And he was like, you know, really, it's really a strong resemblance. And she's like, I am Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> he said, eventually, she got out her driver's license. <laughs> To show him, to prove to him that he really was sitting next to Jennifer Aniston. He must have come off like a real, <laughs> a really stupid pilot. When How many times did you have to tell him, you know, it is Jennifer Aniston. I, I am sitting next to you. So another cute Asian girl. I think she spoke uh, Chinese. Uh, we had like Mandarin speakers, Japanese speakers, a Korean speaker. Um, very mild-mannered Asian girl. And she told me that she found this bag on the airplane after the passengers deplaned. And uh, when we find stuff, we take it out to the agent. It goes down to, you know, lost and found and baggage claim. And she looks in the bag and there is a big vibrator and a bunch of different colored condoms and you know being conscientious she still takes it out to the agent and she's like you know I found this at uh, 32c and the agent goes well what is it and she said um, I'm not gonna tell you and the agent's like what she goes I, I'm not gonna tell you what it is you have to look yourself but she goes I can almost guarantee you that that passenger is not coming back for it Here's a funny clip from my favorite podcast, The Adam Carolla Show. You can find his show at adamcarolla.com or on iTunes. Yeah, sorry. The captain of the shipwrecked cruise liner. Captain is making bizarre, unbelievable statements to the press, Uh including saying that he fell into the lifeboat. He did not purposefully abandon ship. The reason that they found him in the lifeboat when everyone else was still trapped aboard, the, you know, because he he abandoned ship, like he was not supposed to get off that cruise liner. Yeah. But he was in the lifeboat trying name? to save himself. Vince Gill. Scatino. <laughs> Vince Gillino. Francesco Scatino. Could you imagine? I was fell. thinking to myself the other day. I don't know what the worst thing you could be in this society. Like you used to be being a coward. You know what I mean? Like being in a position of authority. And running, you know, yeah. like the, I was the first guy out of the building on 9-11, but you're the head of security and you're running right. for your life, you know. 
that'd be a, that's that's the worst thing that could happen, right? Being the captain of the ship with he goes down with the ship right. and having the recorded <laughs> and having the recording of the Coast Guard guy going. What? What are you doing? Get yeah. back. You have to go back to the ship. Go go back and count the people. And like yelling right. at them, go back to the ship right. and count the people yeah. and tell us how many people you need. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, that guy, uh, the worst guy. And then the other thing I was thinking about, you know, it'd be awesome hmm. if we could get Francesco just somehow on his next flight or sitting next to at the movie theater. Get him next to Sully. Oh, Sully. <laughs> World's Sully. biggest inhale. What are you known for? I was, uh, I was abandoning a ship filled with uh, civilians. What? Uh, why is everyone paying extra attention to you? <laughs> ah, just landed a Airbus in the Hudson River. Saved 149 souls. <laughs> No engines. Yeah. I was in an airplane that was on water, and I made sure every single human being got out before I got out. You're on a boat, and you're the first guy in the life. Could you imagine him and Sully? That would be the worst day of his life. I would, li- I, would, I would like to get together some people to pay Captain Sully to go over and pay a visit to Ooh, him. an intervention. Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking to another flight attendant about different medical emergencies, and I couldn't remember if I told this story on the podcast or not. I was flying with some uh, friends of mine. Um, It was a good crew, and we had this woman pass out. Now, that happens a lot, uh, but the thing that was very scary and different about this time is she didn't come to. Lots of times it's like Ambien or uh, too much alcohol or they stood up too fast, you know, and they come right to. And then it's still a problem, but, you know, it's not an emergency. This woman is passed out cold. We can't wake her up. She's breathing and she has a pulse. And so, you know, what do we do? We did not, we paged for a doctor. There was not a doctor or a medical professional on board. And, you know, we are not medical professionals, so we're not going to try to diagnose this woman. We, she's, she's breathing and has a heartbeat, but she's completely unconscious. So, you know, we're, we're frantically talking to the pilots, and, you know, they decide we're going to have to land. You know, we're going to have to divert. We're going to land somewhere we weren't supposed to go because, you know, this woman is unconscious. And we're still, you know, right there with her, you know, in case, you know, she stops breathing or she, her heart stops. And, um, she wasn't traveling with anyone. She was a young woman too. She wasn't, she didn't even seem to be 30. She seemed to be in her twenties. Hard to tell because she was by herself. So it's in, since it was worse because she was by herself, because we couldn't ask somebody else if she was on any medication, if this happened to her before, if she had some sort of medical condition, it's much more difficult when they're traveling alone. And, um, you know, we couldn't ask her anything. So there were these glasses by the seat and I was asking the other flight attendants, I'm like, are these her glasses? Because we're about to land and the, the paramedics are going to come on. They're going to take her off in an ambulance. And we're like, I guess they're her glasses. And we put them in her purse. And another passenger, uh, we basically asked the other passengers around her, did, did she act differently? Um, was there anything wrong? And one of the passengers said, I think she had a picture. Um, she came on with a big picture. And we're like, okay. So, um we land at the wrong airport, which always takes a couple hours, by the way, when you divert because you have to get a new flight plan. You know, you have to get refueled. Sometimes they're not prepared for 
that type of equipment. Um, but we land, the ambulance gets there, the paramedics come on board, they're taking her off the plane. And um, like well, somebody said she had a picture. So I find a picture uh, behind the last row of seats and we we give it to them and they take it down the stairs. And then another passenger says, uh, hey, where's my picture? It wasn't her. So... <laughs> The purser goes running down the stairs of the jetway, opens the back of the, the ambulance, grabs the picture, brings it back. And then, you know, w- we still don't know what's going to happen to her. We never get any um, response. We never find out. You know, we don't know if she's okay, if she died, who knows. But, um, like, after the ambulance left and everything, the purser goes, um, I can't find my glasses. <laughs> we realize we. We didn't know we put him in her purse. So he he didn't have any glasses. And then the really sad part, I don't know if you would, I guess it's all sad, but um, I was flying with a guy flight attendant. I was so glad that I didn't handle this because I don't know what I would have said. But this woman came back and we're now flying to our destination and she's all mad and she's like, you know, I understand that you had an emergency, but now I have an emergency. I have a meeting to go to and now I'm not going to make it. And now this is my emergency. And it's really difficult, you know, when the guy flight attendant was like, this woman could die. You're equating your, your business meeting with with somebody's life. And she's like, yes, I have, you know, it's now in my emergency. What are you going to do? And rah, and it is just amazing what people can act like that, you know, so we don't even know what happened to the woman. She was unconscious. You can't say your meeting is, you know, as important as that. So I was working a flight to Rome and I went up to talk to the purser and, um, she was complaining. It was after the service, you know, um, sort of a downtime. And uh, she was complaining about her hands being really, really dry. And I said, um, well, why are your hands so dry? And she said, because I wash them so often. And I said, well, don't wash them as much. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> simple solution, right? And she's like, oh, yeah, I just get so weirded out about all the germs. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, I used to be extremely neurotic, um, crazy about the germs. You, you see that stuff on TV about hotel rooms and how they only wash the sh- blankets and the comforters once a year, or sometimes they don't wash the sheets. And then you hear stories from other flight attendants. I've heard such horror stories like um, bed bugs and scabies and ringworm. And good Lord, it gets you, t- it turns you in to a completely neurotic person. So I was telling this girl, I said, you know, I just had to give up my neurosis because I was so freaked out in hotel rooms that I would fold down the the sheets so that there, I would never touch so I wouldn't pull up the, the blanket or the comforter so basically I'd fold it down because you can be pretty sure that they wash the sheets but you really they don't always because like I've been in hotel rooms where you pull down the sheets and there's one of those like um, breakfast menus in there. You know, that didn't come from the washer. That just comes from someone putting the sheets back up, you know, not they just remake the bed. Anyway, I'm not trying to get everybody all weirded out, but I used to be so weirded out that I would be pretty sure that they washed the sheets. So I'd fold down the sheet and then I would... And I could be almost totally sure that they washed the towels. So I would use the towel as a blanket. It's so sad and stupid. I was uncomfortable for years 
you know, and cold <laughs> with my towel blanket. So I told this girl, I'm like, you know what? Just you just have to embrace the fact that on the airplane and when you're traveling, you live somewhere between Cootieville and Germburg. That's it. I'm telling you, we live on the airplane somewhere between Cootieville and Germburg. Now, this next story comes from a listener named Chris, and it says, It wasn't a security threat that kept Qantas Flight 825 from the skies, but rather a smelly dirty diaper. The plane was en route from Darwin to Brisbane, Australia, Sunday, when passengers started complaining of a strange odor. In that situation, Qantas procedures dictate that the plane land as soon as possible. The plane landed in Mount Isa. A Qantas statement said that the odor was detected, but the commenters at the Aviation Herald pinpointed the real culprit. Unfortunately, the fumes turned out to be a very smelly, Nappy dumped in the forward toilet, said Frank Smith. Because Mount Isa Airport couldn't handle a plane as large as the Boeing 767, the passengers had to be removed from the airplane by a forklift, five at a time, in a process that took two hours. A new plane picked them up at Mount Isa and brought them to Brisbane, and their original aircraft later joined them in Brisbane with their luggage. In other weird flight delays from FlyerTalk.com, a plane was delayed two hours because of a frozen toilet while another flight was held up because the pilot was arrested and yet another airplane was delayed when a carry-on bag fell out of the overhead bin and knocked the flight attendant out cold. So in the last episode, I was telling you that I had ordered a blow-up kayak on Amazon, thanks to the listeners. I'm telling you, this has been so great. I did the podcast for how many years with no um, revenue stream whatsoever, and it never even occurred to me to ask the listeners. I had the link to the Amazon always on the website, but I never thought to ask the listeners to, to click on it. And now what has it been like six months might even be a year now um where i just started asking you to if you're gonna buy something on amazon this way i don't have to ask you to buy anything it's only if you were gonna go buy something anyway if you go to my website bettingthesky.com click on where my book is for amazon and you don't have to buy my book but anything you go from there i get a little something and it's been great and i had ordered this blow-up kayak which ended up being a disaster because sides are too big so it's really hard to paddle and it was really hard to get it from my condo down to the water (laughs) the the blow-up kayak thing just was not a good idea plus I kept I was nervous that you know something would puncture it and then (laughs) it would sink so I got a regular kayak on Amazon and uh it came and, and it's great it works I feel much more confident in it and thank goodness I wasn't in my blow-up kayak because I just took it out yesterday, and I'm watching these dolphins because that's my favorite part about the kayaking is the dolphins, and I wasn't paying attention, and I I, I just felt like a thud, and I'm like, oh, what was that? And I was just up on an oyster bed. I just, <laughs> the water, I just like kind of drifted, and it got, you know, lower tide right there, and uh, I think if I had been in that blow-up kayak, um, being stuck on an oyster bed could have been a big problem. Thank you for choosing stove bags and lockers before we get moving.
Check this out. I find this just astounding. I, for some reason, I know it might seem strange, but I don't check my numbers that often. I don't check how many downloads there are. I don't know. I guess just got other things to do. And I had done an interview with a guy, and um, he's going to put our interview in his book. So he asked me if I would check the numbers and get back to him. So I'm like, sure. And I just checked them today. And guess what? I mean, I, I can't believe it. But as of today, my total downloads, this is of all time, is 930,160. I'm like 70,000 away from a million. I'm just about to a million total downloads. Can't believe that. That's, that's just crazy talk. Do you ever notice how many strange people there are on an airplane? Uh, I commute to work now, so I go to work in my uniform because, you know, it's so much easier to get through security in your uniform. And um, otherwise, I, like coming home, I change because I, I, I don't like to be so um, conspicuous. People pay attention. They watch you and stuff when you're in your uniform. So uh, I always change on the way home. But on the way to work, um, just get through security and everything, I'm in my uniform. So when I'm, especially when I'm in my uniform, I'm not going to complain to another passenger. Or I'm not going to make I try to, you know, be as incognito as possible, um, you know, because I'm getting a free ride. And then I sit down on this flight going to work at the A seat. Um, there was a gentleman sitting in the B seat um, when I got there. And so, you know, I said, oh, you know, I'm in there. And I sit there and, you know, they close the door. And so now I'm in A, he's in the middle in B, and then there's an empty seat in C. And he doesn't move over. I always think, oh, what a weirdo. I'm sorry. That's weird. You move over. You don't want to sit next to a stranger. But I'm in my uniform. I don't want to say, excuse me, move the F over. Are you crazy? <laughs> we get more space. <laughs> That's why we're right next to each other. But no, I just sat there quietly in my uniform, very close to the stranger. Weirdo. One of the things that I love about the passengers is that they will always come up with some question. You you always think, I've heard it all. Now I have heard it all. And they will come up with something else. Like they, they, they will continually surprise you with their question. So I'm I'm on the beverage cart and this passenger stops me. He's a, he was a guy maybe in his early 20s. And uh, he said, um how do you um, turn off the seat warmer in these seats? And he's sitting in coach and um, heck, the business class seats don't have a seat warmer. I guess like in your car, you know, uh, he thought that they, we had a mechanism to warm the seats. <laughs> Thinking, uh, there's no, there's, there's no seat warmer. Uh, so I said to him, um, well, what's the problem? Is your uh, butt warm? <laughs> like yeah I'm like well then you just got a warm butt <laughs> I just couldn't help it he's asking me where the seat warmer is I had to say something like hot ass <laughs> luckily he was a young guy he didn't take offense but <laughs> we don't have seat warmers on the airplane well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. And, ooh, happy flying.
My little brother's friends have been camped out at our place for two days straight. Three. It's because of the Xfinity 10G network. Internet that can handle a house full of screens at once, with like basically no interruptions. And it's only getting faster. When I was their age, internet like this was a pipe dream. You sound like my grandpa. Please go home. Introducing the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. Restrictions apply, not available in all areas.